My name is Brock, and this is the Dungeon Master's Toolkit Podcast. On today's episode, I talked to Kent from TikTok, the owner and creator of the new ttrpghub.com. It's a new up-and-coming website that will be a database or host of a bunch of RPG-related material and creators. We talked a bit about how he got into tabletop gaming and some of the tips that he has for new and old Dungeon Masters. And then we spend a lot of time talking about what exactly this TTRPG Hub site is going to be, who's going to be featured on there, and how it's going to help the tabletop role-playing community as a whole. Before we get into the episode, we have a very exciting announcement to make. With the help of my wife, I have picked a winner for our creature contest. Drumroll, please. The winner of the competition is Joe Kira. Joe's submission is the Wish Wraith, an evil monstrosity. It's a medium-sized creature and it has average speed. And I'm going to quickly talk through the look, habitat, and behavior, and then I will get into its abilities. When a wish is granted, reality must often twist and bend itself to serve the wisher's intent. This can leave behind a sort of astral residue, a mark where reality has changed. Wishes that are particularly malicious, cruel, or desperate may leave behind a much darker mark. A wish wraith is that malicious, cruel, or desperate intent given form. It will bear some resemblance to the individual who cast the wish, or one injured or killed by the wish. Twisted and hideous, but keeping a vaguely humanoid form, often draped in a billowing black cape. Wish wraiths mostly stick to city slums, hospitals, flop houses, and anywhere that desperate and downtrodden people might be. The kind of people that no one will look for if they just disappeared. It is also inexcusably drawn to anything that was changed by a wish. This will cause it to stray from its familiar, dreary surroundings. Wish wraiths are malicious, spiteful things that act out on the hate they feel for their existence. They will have some memories of the person who made the wish, and some memories from anyone affected by the wish. It will seek out and hunt desperate or injured people, preferring to isolate its victims. Wish wraiths have something resembling human-like intelligence, but its mind is fractured and incomplete. It does have intuition and can speak, but often does not know what it is saying regurgitating a haunting echo of things once said by those affected. It often screams the lines to unsettle, confuse, or frighten its victims. Now let's talk about the abilities that the Wish Wraith has. It can perform a claw attack as its primary form of attacking victims by slashing them with its knife-like claws. When it's hunted or threatened, it can temporarily become incorporeal, moving like smoke in its mist form. It has a soul siphon ability that allows the wraith to draw energy from slain victims. 
it will recover a good bit of its strength for every life it manages to snuff out. People unfortunate enough to be killed by the wish wraith cannot be resurrected until the wraith is destroyed. And it can bend reality. The wish wraith's most enigmatic ability is to make minor adjustments to the reality around it. For example, lengthening the distance between two buildings, or shifting the layout of a house, erasing or adding doorways. It will often use this to isolate weaker victims. However, bending reality like this is incredibly taxing and will weaken the wraith. And that, folks, is The Wish Wraith by Joe Kira. Thank you so much for participating in this competition. We had nine submissions, which was awesome. We about doubled from the last competition. To any of the listeners out there, if you are interested in getting in on the next competition or even suggesting what the next competition is about, please join the Discord server because that's where we have conversations and take polls on what we're going to do next. And there's even prize money involved. So this one was a $10 gift card and we'll be sending that out and then hopefully doing more and more of these competitions. So thank you so much for participating in the competition. Also, be on the lookout for the PDF that I put together. Um, As I get time, I'm going to be organizing these nine entries into that same PDF for the Kaldjanan city. So keep an eye out on the Discord server. That'll be freely available for people to download. And on that note, let's get into the episode. Welcome, everybody. I have Kent, also known as Misha Kent on TikTok and founder of uh, ttrpghub.com. So welcome, Kent. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, Kent, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit how you uh, about yourself and how you got started in the tabletop role-playing space? Okay, well, I'm 37 years old, and I've been gaming role-playing for probably about 25 or so years now. And I would say that my introduction to kind of role-playing games actually started with board games. And I'm, I can't remember quite the names of the games, but like Hero Quest or Hero's Journey or something like that, where you had the miniatures and you would build the dungeon and move your way through. That was kind of the introduction in concept to role-playing. Having had a theatrical background, I got really into the idea of characters and, and not being yourself, kind of the escapism Uh, mindset in that regard. And so it really appealed to me. And I started looking into things and with any hobby, you fall in and out of love with it, or you, you know, it comes and goes in your life. And gaming wasn't a popular medium at the time in the early to mid nineties, it was kind of uh, in the dungeon, as they say. So it was really hard to find people to really talk to or, or research. And we didn't have the internet, obviously. So it was just a matter of if you happen to be in the right place at the right time. So I remember being in a bookstore around age 12 or 13, I want to say, and picking up the Men in Black role-playing game because I was really into the movie when it came out, uh, and it just seemed like something fun. I didn't know what I was getting into, but I started flipping through it, and I started understanding that you could create characters in the worlds of things you love, like movies or TV shows, and that just really sparked an interest in me. Uh, and learning the mechanics of monsters and and adventures and storytelling just really sparked an interest in me. So I, I was dabbling with it for a while and not being able to find people. It wasn't really until high school 
that I was able to get into it really full time uh, when my friend Dave offered to run a 2E Dungeons and Dragons game for me. And I really enjoyed myself. I loved the idea of creating a character. Math was never my strong suit, but this was something that sparked an interest in math for me. And so I was playing, and that was around the time that 3.0 was about to come out. So when that came out, we played that. And then I was introduced to the World of Darkness games, which probably are some of my favorite games overall, uh, starting with Vampire the Masquerade, which was a really strong storytelling medium with very few mechanics, which is my flavor. Like I like to role play more than I like to roll dice. And even though there's a, a benefit to both, the role playing aspect was the one I focused on. And I've been in love with it ever since. I've been a DM for at least 20 years. Uh, I'm a forever DM, as they say. So getting to play is a rare treat for me. And I'm that's just how it's been, and I enjoy it. You've been running games for quite a while. Um, what are your tips for either new Dungeon Masters, um, but then also tips for maybe veteran Dungeon Masters? Sure. Um, I would say the first rule of dungeon mastering and character creation is keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> um, start out simple. If you've got a, a good idea, keep it small. Like if you're a new dungeon master and you want to take on the idea of world building, start with just a town because there is so much detail that can go into that town. There's so much, so many stories to be had in that town. You do not have to worry about creating a continent as a whole. You do not have to worry about creating an entire universe. Start small. Uh, I know there are people out there that don't like modules, but I recommend them. Uh, the Adventurers League and plenty of other resources have great, easy startup modules that can kind of teach you what you're looking to do as a dungeon master. Uh, it can teach you about the system. It can teach you about the order of how things go with with storytelling and with combat and kind of what to, to keep in mind when writing certain scenes. Uh, another thing I would say is rules don't matter. In the end of the day, rules don't matter. If you and everyone at your table is having fun, you can throw those rules right out the window. Create a game that you and the people you're playing with are going to enjoy. Use the rules as guidelines if you want to. Completely disregard them if you want to. Just come up with something that works for you and your party. Another thing that's really important about dungeon mastering that old school dungeon masters like myself are still having to learn and practice now is consent. The world has changed for the better. We are much more aware of people's sensitivities and people's inclinations, and we need to be respectful. So I would say one of the most import important sessions in D&D is what is called session zero. And that is the character creation process, the explanation of what type of game you're planning on running, and a very important conversation between the DM, GM, and their players of what is acceptable. You know, what are you comfortable with? Are you comfortable with a certain level of violence? Are you comfortable with a certain level of political intrigue? What kind of game or setting are you looking to play in? Uh, and this doesn't mean that the DM has to adjust what they want to do. You know, if they've been working on this idea for months and they really want to play it, they just need to be open and transparent with their players and say, hey, this one's going to get pretty bloody and allow their players to make an informed decision before committing to a game. Because there's nothing, 
I think, worse than getting to a point where your players become extremely uncomfortable and you've been playing with them for seven or eight months. It feels like a betrayal to your friends. Uh, losing a player that late in the game can be very, very difficult as a DM. So to avoid all that, having just an open, transparent conversation about what every individual person at the table wants to get out of gaming is very, very important. So I would say start simple. Uh, use the rules as much as you want to. Uh, make sure everybody at the table is having fun and make sure that it is a safe and open and inviting environment to everybody who plays to every single member at that table, including you as a DM. Make sure you are comfortable with what your players are bringing to the table because it's not a job. This is a collaborative storytelling thing. Yes, a DM has a lot of responsibility and a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, pokers in the fire, so to speak, but it's also supposed to be fun for you. So do not make it unnecessarily stressful or uncomfortable for you just because you've taken on the role of Dungeon Master. You have the same rights as all of the other players at the table. Just because your job's different doesn't change that. So it's a lot of information. There's a lot of stuff to consider there, but keep it simple. Enjoy yourselves. Use the rules as needed. Make sure that everyone knows that they are welcome and accepted at the table and be considerate of the sensitivities of your players and yourself before starting the game and check in on those things regularly. You know, it's okay to say six months into a game, okay, is everybody still cool with what's going on? Like, here's an update on how dark this game is going to get or how violent this game is going to get or how, I don't know, sexy this game is going to get um, and make sure everybody's still okay with it. You know, keep tabs on them just because they said something a month ago doesn't mean it's still true things change people change so keep up to date on all that stuff like i said it's a lot of information i apologize for uh for dumping all this on your plate listener <laughs> um but feel free to reach out to me on tiktok about dm tips i'm happy to help you but there are also some amazing creators out there that you can talk to or follow uh, I feel like the message is the same across the board, especially on TikTok, that comfort is important, safety is important, acceptance is important, uh, and there are some great strategies on how to do so. So, But just try it. Don't be scared. Try it. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with trying. What's the worst thing that could happen? You, you learn to be better. Do not be afraid to jump in with both feet and just go for it. Like... I was a terrible DM my first time. I did not know what I was doing. I I just wanted to do it to get people to play because I was having such a hard time finding games. Uh, and I fell in love with it, and I've never turned back. Uh, and I think that same thing can happen to you. And luckily, if you're new now, there are so many resources that didn't exist when I started. So take advantage of those. And if you're an old DM, keep doing what you're doing. You're trying your best. Try to adjust your course to be a little more accepting. If you're not, try to consider consent to your games, but just keep doing what you're doing. If you've been doing it this long, you must be doing something right. Uh, and don't be afraid to take a chance on players. People that you might not consider having in your game before, you know, might end up being the best players you've ever had. So, 
yeah, that would be my advice to new and old DMs. A lot of good information, I think. Um, what is your current system that or that you play most often now? I am pretty much solely 5e right now. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. It's not by choice. It's the most popular game out there there is right now. Uh, it's one that's easy to find games for, easy to find players for. And I've just really been enjoying delving into the system and using that system in the games I run. But I'm I'm really open to anything, but I would say that's the primary one I've been playing right now. And do you have a number of campaigns that are going or just like a weekly session? At one time, I was up to two campaigns a week. Right now, I'm actually fortunate enough to be running one campaign and playing in two campaigns, which is super duper exciting, including uh, a one shot slash loose campaign that's coming up this Sunday. Awesome. It's always nice to get uh, back into the player seat, especially as a DM, to kind of recharge a little bit. Well, it's great, too, because joining the TikTok community has opened up so many doors. I mean, again, it's not always super easy to find games. There's lots of Facebook groups. There's all these Discord servers. There's Roll20 and Foundry and Fantasy Grounds. There's a lot of options, but actually finding a game that works with scheduling and that's going to be consistent and has the right flavor of players can be really difficult. But ever since I've gotten onto TikTok, I've really been able to connect with people who feel the same way I do about games. And when a bunch of the people on there are all DMs, someone's going to eventually say, hey, I'll DM. Do you guys want to play? Because they all understand the struggle. So yeah, it's absolutely fantastic to be able to get back in the player seat. Yeah. And that's uh, similar to the Discord server that we have with the podcast. It's all mostly people that are listening are dungeon masters so then occasionally we'll have a game come up and it's it's very different i feel playing with a, a group of um dungeon masters than it is playing or running as a dungeon master for people who are only players oh 100 and i saw this actually amazing tiktok and i wish i could remember the creator but it was like what happens when a dm actually gets to be a player they have the most insane character like they don't it's always going to be an oddball off the wall character because they're so used to, you know, the tropes of serious characters and, you know, having to run all these NPCs that they're going to just make something wild and off the wall. So a, a game full of DMs sounds like a crazy fun good time. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about for the just the D&D TikTok community? Well, I love D&D TikTok. Uh, I could not have even believed when I first got onto TikTok that it was going to be as welcoming and supportive of a community as it is. I mean, in any community, especially when it comes to the internet, you're going to find those bad apples who try to spoil the bunch. But I've been fortunate enough to avoid a lot of the drama of TikTok in general, let alone D&D TikTok, and find an amazing group of creators that just support one another and foster one another and play off each other. And I mean, some of the games I'm in now, I wouldn't be in if it wasn't for TikTok. Uh, and it's been able to really spark creativity in me, renew uh, a love for the game, even though I was actively you know, involved in it, even at the time. It gave me a whole bunch of new ideas. It made me super enthusiastic about running games, about playing games, about supporting people who are playing games and hearing about their games. Uh, and the fact that people offer up information so freely 
is wonderful. I mean, you're never going to not have an idea that you could have picked up from someone else or develop your own idea off of the ideas that other creators offer. And it just makes the game better. I mean, D&D has never been as hot as it is now. Even back in its origins, it it was kind of always one of those secret, hushed about, talked about games. And with, you know, Stranger Things, Critical Role, Dimension 20, it's really brought D&D up to the forefront. And a lot of people who would never have even considered the game, even as of five, six years ago, are fully invested in playing. And with the pandemic, you know, say what you will about it. It's been great for the game, even if it's been, you know, messing with the rest of us mentally. Uh, it's really helped out the D&D community. So we're talking creators who just started within the last year and some who've been playing for, you know, as long as I have or longer. And so bringing them all together, having them all support one another, not having a lot of gatekeeping or people saying, you know, you're doing it wrong. The first rule of D&D is there are no rules. These are just guidelines. You know, you can use these and adjust these and work with these however you want to, but as long as everyone at the table is having fun, everyone's enjoying themselves, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what these books say. And so I appreciate that a lot of players and creators have adopted that and that, you know, there isn't a, an unnecessary amount of tolerance for people who haven't. You know, if if other people haven't adopted it. We just move on from those people. We don't need to dwell on them or let them poison the community. You just find people who think the same way you do, and and it grows from there. And I'm very fortunate to have found a whole bunch of people like that. One of the things that's neat about TikTok is because the, I think it's because the videos are so short, you know, one to three minutes. TikTok has a very almost like casual nature to it. 100%. Yeah. And for, you know, like for YouTube or something, like if you want to make a YouTube channel and posting content, you really want your content to be fairly polished and clean and stuff, or you're not going to really stand out in YouTube. And I feel like TikTok is a little bit better where you can be pretty much anybody with the phone and just start you know, making content that people will then, you know, eventually find you and, and, you know, start interacting with you and your content. Very different from the, you know, kind of polished, nice uh, things that we see on other platforms like YouTube and elsewhere. Oh, absolutely. You don't have to be a professional video maker, you know, technology expert to participate in TikTok. And I absolutely love it because like, I'll be the first to admit my videos are terribly edited and and you know put together because I do not know anything about that but I don't feel any stress about it I don't feel any pressure like I get better by practice and I get you know a lot of positive support people are still watching them liking them commenting on them I mean I hit a thousand subscribers in 23 days which is insane nothing I've ever had happen on YouTube or Facebook or anywhere else has ever been the amount of feedback and support that I've gotten on TikTok. And there's no judgment. Nobody's, you know, critiquing the video. They're critiquing the content. And even by critiquing, I mean, they're just giving their their thoughts on what you're asking or what you're saying. And they're, you know, asking more questions and follow-up questions. And, and the content can just bounce back and forth. And just the concept of duets and stitches is brilliant. Like, you don't see that anywhere else. You can... 
take a question from somebody and put that question in your video and answer the question in your video. And you you would think the short videos could potentially hinder the product, but I, I don't think so. I really think it makes creators have to really think about what they want to say and say it quickly. And in this, you know, 21st century ADHD culture, and I can say that because I am ADHD and the culture definitely doesn't help, uh, you want to be quick. You want to get your point across as quickly as possible because people will only give you about 20 to 30 seconds of their time. So if you can't hook them in that first 20 to 30 seconds, they're going to move on to something else. So you really do have to put some thought into the content you're going to put out there. Uh, you're going to have to think about how you want to phrase things, but TikTok makes it simple, honestly. And, you know, it could be cluttered with a bunch of stuff, but you don't have to see it if you don't want to. It's so easy to move on. You know, it's so easy to find the stuff you do like and filter out the stuff you don't like. And you get to meet some just unbelievably awesome people, which I feel so lucky to have made the friendships I've made in such a short period of time. And once you do hit that thousand subscribers and you can go live, it's another way to meet people. You can, you know, have co-hosts and guests and all kinds of things. So it's very intimidating at first. I, I was very intimidated by TikTok at first because it had already grown into this phenomenon long before I'd even, you know, dipped my toe in the water. And I saw these incredibly polished and, and awesome videos. And it was it was scary at first, but to anyone even considering check it, checking it out, I say, do it, because it's uh, the worst that happens is nothing. I don't see a downside. Like, you say what you want to say, people will comment, people will like, people will share, people will subscribe, and you just move on from there. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, the advice I would give to anyone considering looking into TikTok, though, are uh, keep your content relevant, uh, use hashtags, and support your fellow creators. Uh, if you do all of those things, you'll be a success in no time. No question about it. One of the things that I will say, you mentioned the stitches and the duets, and then I would also add the video replies that like you can oh, 100%. do to yeah. uh, if somebody comments you can do a video reply and it puts their little like speech bubble or whatever in the in the yes. video the just kind of the nature of that makes the platform almost more collaborative in nature because like you said somebody will ask a question and then somebody makes a whole video on it and then somebody else stitches it and it's like oh this is a great idea and here's my thoughts on it and it it just kind of makes this kind of big web. It's a of, chain reaction. Yeah, Absolutely. Collaboration. One person can make a really good video that gets stitched by another person. Someone who's watching the second person's video is going to link back to your video to stitch it. You know, it's just going to spread out. And like you said, with replies, you can get entire back and forth conversations going. Uh, and it's it's just... It's infectious, and I mean that in a positive way. I know using the word infection right now is not a great thing, but it is infectious, and it's it can, just like anything else, it can be good and bad, but my purpose has always been to use it for good. I've always intended to support people, not down-talk other people, not, you know, not criticize other people, and if you keep an air of positivity going into it, like, you're going to find a community that really wants to be around you because we could all use more positivity in trying times 
And we all want to be around people who make us feel good about ourselves or just about life or our situation or just themselves, whatever. Uh, so I just think going into it, you know, being positive, not feeding the trolls, which I don't understand why anyone would. That's what they want. Uh, you know, just just being a good person and showing what a good person you are, people are going to be magnetically drawn to that. If you show a intense interest or passion for something, and it doesn't have to be D&D, it could be Pathfinder, it could be World of Darkness, it could be professional wrestling, it could be cooking, anything. If you have a strong enough passion for it, there is a community on TikTok wanting to meet you and wanting to get you involved in the conversation. I think that leads me into your website a little bit, right? Yes. So <laughs> it's funny because I'm I'm a night person. I don't go to bed, I would say, before 5 a.m. most nights. And that's just insomnia. That's, you know, ADHD. That's caffeine addiction. That's so many other elements. But uh, one particular night, I got to thinking after meeting all of these creators and being on TikTok, not even a month at the time, I think two weeks, I was like, there are so many incredible creators here that have so much to offer the RPG community as a whole. Uh, but I was mostly focused on D&D &D at the time. Uh, so I thought people are making dice, people are painting minis, people have 3D printers, people you know, are composing music, people are doing all these amazing, incredible things. Why isn't there a way to find these people easily? Like as a dungeon master for the past 20 years, using the internet, primarily for the past 15 or so uh it is so hard to track down the maps you're looking for to find people who are making the right dice you want to find like you can do a google search and you will find hundreds upon hundreds of results and it's not organized in any way and i thought to myself well why not especially on tiktok like tiktok's been around for a while now why hasn't anyone done anything with this why hasn't anyone compiled all of the creators into a list or into a database or into something so that other D&D or TTRPG TikTok creators could find them, you know, could reach out to them and support them. Because being such a supportive community, you would want to support your fellow creators before going to a big box store. So I just got a wild kind of moment at like 3 30 in the morning one night and i went and bought the domain dndtiktok.com which was surprisingly available and i started kind of just formatting this idea in my head of creating a database a, a yellow pages if you will to connect dungeon masters and players with tiktok creators who can help them fulfill those needs can help get the minis they want can help them with painting can help them with map making can help them with dice bags dice whatever uh just a way to one stop go to a place it has all of the websites linked on the page so you can go straight to the creator you're looking for uh you can know that everything that's listed on the page has been verified for example, we're making sure that anybody we list, at least at this current point, has a working Etsy shop or website uh, so that you're not necessarily being connected with people who might be saying they do something but not actually doing it. Just really trying to connect people with people who are going to give them what they need. Uh, and it's been a, a pretty good success. I posted a video about it just being like, hey, I bought this domain. 
you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing it with it. What should I do with it? And that was probably my most viral video ever. The response was overwhelmingly positive. I never got any of the hate that I thought I would get for, you know, quote unquote, co-opting D&D TikTok or anything like that. I really expected some backlash. I got nothing. I got nothing but support. And the community started just throwing ideas at me like, oh, you should create a how-to for new players. You should create a, a place for players to connect with DMs and get into games. Uh, you should feature podcasts and streams and anything D&D related. Like, it was overwhelmingly positive. And so I immediately thought, yeah, I'll do that. I'm going to do everything I can to make that a reality. And so I started gathering together kind of a brain trust of people who could help. And the help just came in droves. I didn't need to find anyone. They came forward on their own and were like, whatever you need me to do, I'm here to help. You know, if you want to bounce ideas off me, uh, a great guy, Seamus, came to me and said, I do hosting and website building, and I will do it for free for you. And that was huge. And I got Sadie, who helped to design the logo and has helped with a lot of the artistic stuff. In fact, I give full credit to her for the name uh, of the actual site as it ended up being. Uh, these, these two people just made it a reality. And in no time, I mean, it, the idea started maybe two, maybe three weeks ago. And now we already have a, like the domain set up. We've got a landing page. We're taking submissions for artisans. It just blew up overnight. And that's because of the love and enthusiasm that this community has for this very idea and this very project. So hoping by the end of September, we'll have the alpha version of the site listed and it'll be a go. And we're just going to use the momentum to keep building from there and making it a, a widespread resource, not just for the TikTok community, but for gamers as a whole, anywhere. If you want you know, somebody who can help you with story ideas, I hope to have those people listed. If you want to learn how to play the game, and it's not just D&D, it could be Pathfinder, World of Darkness, all the systems I've listed before now. I want to have how-to videos for all of them. So while the idea was working, some concern was brought to me that like, hey, if you use the names D&D &D and TikTok in the title, doesn't that open it, uh, us up to possible, you know, litigation or a cease and desist or like copyright issues? And at first I was like, eh, let them come get me. Like if it's really an issue, they'll send me a cease and desist and we can change it. But the more I thought about it and actually talking to uh, getting some information from a lawyer that one of the wonderful creators of TikTok put me in touch with, uh, it wasn't worth the trouble to even poke the bear, so to speak. So uh, we threw around some ideas and wonderful Sadie, uh, who is at Halfling Haven, if you're curious on TikTok, uh, she came forth and said TTRPG Hub. And I loved it. So I checked for the domain. TTRPG Hub was available. So I picked it up as well as beggartalk.com, uh, TTRPGtalk.com. Uh, so all of those links link to the same place because I, you know, I, I'd gotten the ball rolling with the idea of dndtiktok.com. So the domain is still mine. It is still valid. It is still active. It just links to ttrpghub.com. So you can still find it by any of those URLs. Uh, but I loved the name. She had a logo to me within no time. We had a landing page built by 
her and Seamus, uh, who is at Fitz Designs, I believe, F-I-T-Z-D-E-S-I-G-N-S. Um, and yeah, that's where we're at right now. I mean, the, the website is not fully operational. It's not fully functional, but we have something up for people to go and check out and to submit to become an artisan or a uh, to, to ask questions about the future of the site. There's a contact email and everything there. Uh, contact at ttrpghub.com. It comes straight to me. So you'll get the answers straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's rolling. That is awesome. Um, yeah. If you, if you do end up putting podcasts on there, oh, I would I will. love to, no, love to that, get on there. I'm actually going to uh, open up artisan submissions to podcasts today. In fact, I was going to post a video later today uh, offering up uh, for podcasts and streams to submit their uh, applications as well. Uh, so go to the website. There's an easy form to fill out. It's just a Google form that asks for some basic information. Uh, and you can submit to be on the alpha version of the site. And of course, I want to have you on there because you were kind enough to to bring me on and uh, allow me to promote my brains out. Yeah, that's and there's the the support, the back and forth support with the community. 100%. I mean, that's that's what this is for. When I thought of this idea never in a million years did the idea of money come into the equation for me i never thought oh this is going to be a great get you know get rich quick scheme this is going to be a great way to to bleed the community of money never thought crossed my mind and it's never going to cross my mind to be listed on the site will always be free you will always be able to put your name on this listing for free we may allow for some premium features later on, you know, whether your some of your your products are featured or if we do get to the point of offering a marketplace at some point where you can sell directly through the site, which is in the in the hopeful long, long term distant plans. You know, being a, a premium lister could be a thing, but it will always be free to list your your product. I am never going to ask for money just to be supported by the site. I want everyone to make this community great. I want everyone to have their time in the spotlight and be able to do something with this passion that we all love so, so deeply. And I want, you know, creators and players and dungeon masters alike or GMs. I know some people prefer GMs to be able to support their fellow creators. And, you know, let's all, let's all benefit from this. No one person should win. We already live in a world where the rich only get richer and everyone else suffers. I don't want that to be the case. I want us all to succeed. I want us all to help each other and support each other and boost each other up. And I'm in a process of hopefully being able to do some giveaways through the site with the help of some of those creators and some of those listed companies to, you know, endorse their products and encourage, you know, TikTokers or creators to post videos of the unboxings and everything to just help grow and grow and grow because this community is the best I've ever been a part of. And I've been a part of lots of communities. I referee professional wrestling. I, you know, have been gaming my entire life. I've done theater. I've done sports. This community is more supportive than any of them combined, to be completely honest. And why why wouldn't we want that to succeed so that is that is the feature um for those of you looking for updates about the website as it goes along uh you can also follow the 
ttrpghub.com TikTok account, which is at ttrpghub.com. And I was I was going to ask you, uh, so kind of in part with that like premium thing and like how you were going to kind of like fund the site and just because because obviously hosting has expenses and stuff. But it sounds like for the most part, everything is just kind of volunteer at this point, right? It is. I am so eternally grateful. When I first stopped, started this project, I was like, all right, time to break into that bank account and like be ready to shell out for hosting because I've hosted other sites before. I had a pro wrestling podcast and I was spending upwards of a thousand dollars a year to keep the, you know, premium features on all the podcasting sites to keep the website going, to keep the domain. And so I was prepared for that. I did not expect the overwhelming support and offers and, and, you know, gracious nature of all these incredible creators. But Luckily, we've been able to keep costs low for the time being. I mean, other than the domain upkeep costs, like the domain name upkeep costs in a year from now, there should hopefully be no need for advertising now, or should be no need for income. Now, I would love to be able to pay these people eventually. Like, I'm not going to lie. These people who've been offering and doing so much, I'd love to be able to, to be able to give back to them in some way. But... Yeah, I don't I'm not worried about it now and neither are they. You know, nobody has ever brought up the idea of money that's in in the brain trust or is offering to help and uh we just want to do this for the love of the game and the love of the the hobby and uh help support those people who might have a dream of being a professional dice maker or a professional map maker because why not? The map making community especially I think has exploded during the pandemic. 100% since online gameplay has become the pretty much only way to play uh it i see all the patreons i see all the you know etsy shops i see all of that and once again put them all in the same place put them all on a list let people choose from this for themselves without having to spend hours upon hours upon hours pouring over endless google pages to find them like Let's just put them all together. So yeah, the map making community is huge. And there are some incredible, incredible map makers on TikTok who I think deserve nothing but the world because they are so good at what they do and they can bring so much more to any game. Yeah, and I really like this idea of this website because I find a lot of my RPG resources and stuff on Reddit. Yes. Um, which is a little bit easier to to search for stuff than maybe TikTok is. But it is also easy to lose, you know, smaller creators, especially in just kind of the vast noise that is Reddit. Absolutely. Um, and there have, there's a couple um, people who make tokens. And I found one and the person's style, I just love their style, but they only have like a handful of packs out, right? And like, if I just didn't happen to see their post on whatever day they did, I would not have found that person, you know? So I, I really like the idea of having just kind of like a, just a big, massive database list of here's all the things you can kind of filter down and find what you want. And then making it easier to find those smaller creators that may not have that uh, that level of exposure. Absolutely. And one of the core tenets of what we're doing is we want you to, as a consumer, as a, you know, creator that's looking for these resources to feel confident that we've done our homework. 
that we've looked into the people who are listing themselves on this site and said, yes, they are officially verified by us as having an Etsy store, as having a working email address, as making sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed in terms of how they describe themselves and present themselves. So it's not, you know, you just post your information and it immediately goes up on the site. It's actually going through moderation. We are checking all the links to make sure they work. We are checking to make sure that this is a legitimate seller that isn't going to take you for a ride, that it, you know, that isn't going to say they'll do something and they don't. We want our you know, the, the visitors to our site to feel confident in what they're looking at. So we're hopefully going to be implementing some sort of badge system as well, or some sort of system where people who visit the site can rate the sellers as well, so that you can trust not just us for doing our research, but the community that endorses these products as well, saying, you know, I bought from this seller, they were very fast, very friendly. Like here's a tick, here's a link to a TikTok video of me unboxing their products, so you can get a really good idea of what it was like for me, what the experience was like for me. So it's it's a long term process, like I said, for the beginning here. For I don't want to set people's hopes up too high uh, for the for the initial release. For the beginning, we're just going to list sellers that we ourselves have verified that have decided to take part in this uh, alpha version of the site, if you will, uh, and we're going to go from there and grow from there. Another idea, uh, kind of spinning off of what you said about Reddit, is we want to have a donation compendium as well. And this is going to be donated homebrew, you know, monsters, classes, races, anything that people come up with and feel like just putting out there, campaign settings even. If they want to just put it out there and say, hey, anybody can use this, we're going to have an entire section of the site dedicated to that and organized. So if you want to look for monsters, we'll have an alphabetical list of homebrew style monsters that other creators have, you know, offered up or donated. And of course, the creators are going to get full credit for it. But if they're not looking to sell those ideas, if they're just looking to donate them and, and put them out into the world, we want a place for them to do that and an easy way to find it by the people visiting our site. That is actually a really cool idea as well, because um... I've looked into like publishing stuff or like putting it on drive drive through sure. RPG or something. Um, getting actually into the drive through RPG like product setup, the, there's a lot that you have to fill out before you can even just like upload your product. One hundred percent. It's a little bit daunting for somebody who just has like a, a word document that they you know would like to share with the world. You know that might otherwise get buried in Reddit somewhere. Well, and that's another hope for me is that. You know, with the building of the staff of the site and the community surrounding the site, I would love to be able to work directly with somebody who wants to get their stuff listed and say, like, okay, this is a great start. Let me take you step by step through the next few steps to get your stuff up there. Instead of saying, like, fill all this stuff out, it's got to be perfect. Like saying, like, this is, you've sent in your initial application. I love what I'm seeing here. I've read over your stuff, it looks great. Here's another creator who might be able to help you refine it or put it in a PDF form or give you some artwork to like spice, you know, spice it up a little bit. And once that stuff's been done, we'll make sure you're putting your best foot forward because I don't want anyone to be embarrassed by our site either. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want anyone to just have their stuff posted uh, 
without it being the best version of it it can be. I want them to be successful, so I want to set them up for success. I I want them to feel comfortable and confident in what they're posting instead of worried that it's going to be overly critiqued. And I don't we're not going to critique it in a bad way. We want you to succeed. We are going to offer suggestions and tips and directions until it is the best it possibly can be. And I'm not talking about changing content. I'm not telling people though though you know I don't like those rules. We got to change those rules. I'm just saying like let's make it pretty. Let's make it professional looking. Let's make it like let's spice it up so that when you do release it, it is going to be eye-catching. It is going to be engaging and it is going to, you know, get you what you're looking for. So, this is a community unto itself of making these artisans and these creators and these these people feel so good about what they're doing and what they've done that they want to keep doing it. I don't want anyone to come onto the site, try something, feel like they failed and walk away and drop the idea altogether. I want them to come here, succeed and grow and grow and grow into a massive powerhouse of content and creation because who wouldn't want that for their friends? And I consider anybody who who is willing to take a chance on this site, who is willing to put themselves out there as a dice maker, map maker, content creator, you know, world builder to succeed. Of course, they're my friends. I want them to succeed. And so, yeah, I, the the drive through RPG process, the DMs Guild process, like it's it's thorough for a reason. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to talk bad about them because they also probably want the same thing, but they've been doing it a lot longer than me. They probably have automated system, systems in check for a lot of that. Uh, so while we are going to be thorough, we also want people to feel comfortable going through our process. Um, I'm going to give you a couple ideas here. This is things that I've noticed as we've been going through. Uh, we uh, On the podcast or in our Discord server, we've been running um, a couple of design uh, competitions, basically. That's great. Um, and giving, I've been giving out rewards and stuff too, uh, which is fun. And actually, um, thinking about my planning, our next competition. So the next competition ends um, tomorrow, but then I will release the winner next week, which is when this episode will go live. Uh, oh, okay. So, so you actually get to be on the announcement. Uh, hey. Uh, announcement episode. Um, one thing that I've had a hard time finding is I'm trying to make it kind of professional and, uh, wrap all of the contest submissions up into a nice little PDF that people can use. Um, mm -hmm. we're doing a kind of a themed thing. So it's a fantasy desert metropolis. So we started our first competition was locations and now we're doing monsters. Ooh. And so it's kind of like a, kind of like building out like a little zine if you will it's collaborative world building i love it um and it's system agnostic as well so you could use it you could pick it up and use it in any setting that's great the thing that i've had a hard time finding is stock art for the product or for like as like a final product because yeah at the moment commissioning art is maybe a little bit too expensive for what i'm doing but having like a you know so a couple of decent pictures it would be just make it look a lot nicer um and i have found some but it's really at least i've found it very difficult to find stuff that's either of like the style that i want or there's enough of it in the same style you know kind of by the same artist you know that you could have like a cohesive feel throughout the document and so artists and then maybe like 
so like stock art and then maybe also listing artists that do commissions would also probably be good for like a like a publishing resource absolutely and actually that's 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 part of it that's part of why we're getting all these artisans together as well is i want to also support up and coming artisans i want to help people who you know aren't confident enough of what they're doing to to go professional to to open up a store and say like hey these are people who are just trying to get better. If you want to contact people who are willing to, you know, try it or try to help you, or if you want to get in talks with somebody who would be interested on in taking on a long-term project, like getting all of the artwork for an entire world setting together, like here are some names you can talk to, or, you know, if just giving you names, giving you people you can reach out and contact to was really what the site original idea was about. Like, Hey, here is a list of artists. If you are looking for something from them, talk to them. And with the compendium too, I want to include art donations as well. If people, you know, don't want are are comfortable not selling it, or they tried selling it and it didn't sell really well, then donate it. Donate it to the site, and we will put it in the compendium for anybody to use. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like that's that is that is the cornerstone of what we're trying to do is is trying to say hey you need artists here are artists you know here are some that'll do custom artwork here are some that'll do you know just prefab artwork here you know anybody that you're looking for anybody that you could be looking for we're going to have tagged under specific categories so you can search for people very specifically you'll be able to see bullet points about what they do what services they offer uh, for those that do charge, we have a price range field so that you can get a good idea. You know how when you Google a restaurant, you can see the little dollar signs that say, okay, they're moderately expensive, very expensive. We're going to have something similar to that as well so that you know kind of what will work within your budget. Or if somebody's out of your budget, you'll know that before starting the process of trying to work with them. because. There's nothing more frustrating than getting the you know, ball rolling and them saying, okay, so to do this, it'll cost like $500. You're like, well, I did not afford five hundred dollars. Sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> um, so, giving you a heads up of like, this is kind of what everybody's looking for, so that you can go into contact with them or talks with them, fully informed about what you're getting into, uh, so that there aren't any nasty surprises or uh, unexpected uh, changes to the to the talks. But yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. You want the consistent artwork, but you reach out to one of the artists we list, maybe that's something that they're interested in doing and they'll work something out with you to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good exposure for everybody, you know, and, and if people can, especially artists, I know art can be expensive and artists can also struggle to find clients. So just kind of putting you know, people in contact with each other. This is what you need. Well, and I want to give out a, a shout out to my buddy art underscore works 42. His name's Buck. He's on my lives pretty much nightly. Uh, he is an artist as well. And he sketches during my lives. He's constantly working on his artwork. So he's a great person that could, I'm sure be more than willing to take on a project like this uh, just because of his passion for art. Uh, and there's a lot of people like that on TikTok. It's it's the most creative community I've ever seen. I say that hands down. Like TikTok is an incredibly creative community, and it's it is easy to get lost in the noise. There are millions. I'm pretty confident in saying of TikTok creators. Um, 
So it's very easy to get lost in the noise. So a chance to stand out, a chance to get recognized, a chance to even have the chance to be put on a project like this is long overdue for a lot of these people because they are, like I said, incredibly talented, incredibly devoted, incredibly dedicated. And I think that everybody should succeed. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's, it's cross promotion. You know, you use their artwork and feature their artwork in your world, your built world, your campaign setting. And then you take that campaign setting to me and post it on my site. I promote it, you know, for you and for them. And those it's all, it's that spider web you were talking about. It's just cross promotion upon cross promotion. And I just feel like everybody benefits. Yeah, it is really fun talking to you and just like your passion behind it. And then also just, you know, me being also passionate about the tabletop role-playing space and kind of seeing the potential, right? And just like, oh, I can't wait for it to be done. <laughs> oh, 100%. It's so hard not to uh, put the cart before the horse in this case, you know, and I have to be brought back down to earth. I'm not, you know, a coder. I'm not a website builder. I'm not the the technical aspect of this so i talked to you know seamus and uh sadie about it because they are the realists <laughs> they're, they're the ones who can be like that all sounds great but we're gonna start with this and i can be like okay <laughs> i'm the idea guy uh i don't know if you've ever watched mythic quest i, I assume everybody has because it is an amazingly nerdy show uh but i would be Ian in mythic quest like i can make these amazing ideas and concepts but can any of them actually happen and that's you know the jobs of the much smarter much more talented much more skilled people to say maybe or no <laughs> um and so realistically speaking like i said we're probably going to only feature a couple dozen artists when we launch at the end of the month which is my hope fingers crossed end of the month uh so it's going to start small and it's going to start very Bare bones realistic, but it will continue to be worked on. These people are passionate. I am passionate. We are not going to stop and say this is good enough. We are going to constantly keep improving. And with the support and enthusiasm of the community to back it up, with people offering up to become artisans, offering up to submit information or create how-to videos to play these games, we will grow and we will grow fast and we will we will grow smart. And I think it's just going to be a resource that could potentially help a lot of people, especially with the influx of interest to this game and many other games. Because right now, D&D is a gateway drug. Let's be honest. Like it is a lot of people are getting into it through D&D 5e, but there are so many cool games out there. And I highly recommend people branch their horizons. You know, when D&D starts to feel a little too easy try out pathfinder pathfinder is a fantastic step up from D, &D. it's a it's a great bridge or you know you're you're trying out D, D and you find it a little too technical move on over to world of darkness world of darkness loosens the reins on mechanics a lot uh or monster of the week is another great game so if we can find a way to not only support people who are getting into the hobby but educate them about just how vast and deep this ocean of a hobby is, I, I just think it's going to leave a wonderful legacy of this hobby we love so much. Let's just say I've been in the dungeon. 
I'm we're out of the dungeon now. I never want us to have to turn around and go back in because the dark ages of gaming, to be frank, and pardon my language, sucked. It sucked during that time. It was very lonely. It was very ostracizing. And I never want that to be the case again. I want us all to be able to embrace and love and make a public, comfortable spectacle of this hobby we love so much. And one more thing I want to mention is this website is for everyone. So this is not going to be a place that is going to be accepting of, you know, gatekeeping or or boxing people out based on any criteria. Everyone is welcome here. So we are going to be supporting our friends in the LGBTQ community, our friends in the uh, BIPOC community, all across the board. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is equally featured. Everyone gets an opportunity. So we you know, have a, a community standards that we expect all uh, artisans to accept before being considered for applications that say, hey, everyone's welcome here and we will not accept any kind of discrimination of any kind in, in the people we feature or the people who try to use our services. So it is a very open and accepting community. Just like the games are for everyone, the site is going to be for everyone. Yeah, and that and that right there is just awesome. And I will say that I have noticed that sentiment just in like the RPG space in general to be super open with everybody, which I just think is fantastic because Yeah, it's absolutely. More fun Why when you have yeah, you just it's more fun when you have more people to play with and different perspectives and just I don't know. The it's great to see it continuing here with your site and then also just like the community as a whole is is probably one of the most accepting I've seen pretty much anywhere. It should be. It's it's I mean why wouldn't it be? It was hard enough to find players before. You know, it's hard enough to find players now. If you're open to everyone and everything, it just makes the ability to participate in this amazing hobby that much easier. And you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about other people and you grow not just as a gamer, not just as a dungeon master, but as a human being. And I absolutely adore that about this community and about this hobby. Like so much of who I am as an adult, 37 year old male, I learned through lessons in gaming. And it's it, it we we say gaming is the best therapy because it really is therapy <laughs> in the long run. Uh, it teaches empathy. It teaches understanding. It teaches conflict resolution. You know, it teaches. It, there's so many lessons it has to teach and has left to teach, and I I just think everyone should do it. Anybody who's not doing it, I'll never understand why because it it has something for everybody. Is there anything else that you would like to either say um, or mention about yourself or the uh, website or where people can find you? Sure. Uh, well, you can always find me on TikTok at Michikent, M-I-C-H-I-K-E-N-T. It's like the first half of the word Michigan and then my name. I thought it was funny. A lot of people haven't figured it out yet. Um, you can also contact me at ttrpghub.com. You can also find the website's TikTok at ttrpghub.com. Uh, keep an eye on it. It doesn't seem like much now, but it is going to grow and it is going to get better and your support makes that happen even quicker. Uh, if you're an interested artisan, go to the website, apply. All odds are good that you will be accepted if you have an established Etsy store or website. 
Uh, if you don't, consider setting one up and then applying. You know, we're not expecting all of our vendors to be have been doing this for years. If you're just interested in the idea of it, set up an Etsy shop, you know, try it out and what's, you know, what will be will be. Um, if you're listening to this, thank you. Thank you for being a part of the community. I don't think uh, everybody hears that enough. This community wouldn't exist if it weren't for people like you. And we are grateful as members of it that you're here. Uh, and we're grateful for what you're, or we're excited, I should say, for what you're going to do coming up. Uh, and get involved. Go to your local game shops. Check out if there's any games, you know, pandemic safely. Um, reach out on TikTok. Try TikTok. Try posting a, a, a video. Try asking a question. You'll be surprised at just how many people out there want to answer it and want to support you. Uh, and you'll make some really great friends in the process. But otherwise, yeah, check out ttrpghub.com. Follow me at Michigant on TikTok. And uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Dungeon Master's Toolkit Podcast. You can find links to all of the products and resources that we talked about on the show in the show notes. And if you'd like to join the community or find out how to be on the show, check out our subreddit or join us in our Discord server.